My name is Andy. I help people live life on purpose. This podcast explores the mystery, beauty, and complexity of life through conversations with an array of incredible practitioners, all of them working at the edge of what's possible for humanity. This is a place for big dreams, bold creativity, and fierce hope. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. My guest today is Cynthia Scott. Cynthia is the founder of ChangeWorks Lab, and she has over 40 years of experience as a consultant, author, social entrepreneur, educator, and coach. Over the decades, she served as a leadership professor, an organizational psychologist, a nonprofit board member, uh, an executive and change catalyst. And in all those contexts, she's worked to build capacity for change and transformation in individuals, teams, and organizations. She has a deep curiosity about what conditions help people thrive, regenerate, transform, and a conviction that this capacity could be built into individuals and organizations. As a result, she's done extensive research and also looked into many other areas of research around burnout prevention, personal and organizational resilience, and the development of true agility and adaptability. And if you're hearing those words, you might have a lot of uh, images coming to mind, images around, for me, some of the images around resilience are meditation and exercise and sleep and uh, mindset and all of these buzzy, accessible words that we see everywhere. But what I love about this conversation and what might be surprising to you about this conversation is that Cynthia walks in through a very different doorway, at least from from what I see out there in the landscape and the sort of marketing speak of resilience, Cynthia walks in through a very different doorway. And it's the doorway of acknowledging and attending to loss and acknowledging and attending to what we need to let go of so that we can move forward and how we grieve what it is we need to let go of. So she has five pillars of resilience and she shares them at the end of our conversation. Stick around for the whole thing if you want to hear those. But but the place where we spend a lot of time in in this conversation is the pillar of understanding the story of what's happening to us and reframing what's happening to us as an opportunity to learn and to grow. And also, as we understand that story, as we make it coherent, to get in touch with the challenge that story offers us and how that challenge might be asking us or even demanding of us to let go of things we're afraid of letting go of. And what becomes possible if we're willing to meet that demand or that challenge with as much grace and self-compassion and humility and an access to what we really care about and value and what it means for us to let that go. Right out of the gate, Cynthia says, I'm in an eldering phase. And I have to say it was really fun and meaningful to be with someone who is in this phase of her life and is who is still so lit up with the question of how do we grow and evolve and stay resilient, especially as the world around us becomes so much more uncertain. If those are the kinds of questions you care about, then you're in the right place. So let's get settled in. <sighs> and hear what Cynthia has for us. Okay, Cynthia, welcome. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. Great, Andy. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad to he- have you here. This, I, I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but uh, Shannon Lucas, who introduced us, when she made the introduction to me, she said, Cynthia changed my life. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I just was like, okay, Shannon, you're a rock star. Uh, If you're saying that about Cynthia, then Cynthia is absolutely someone I want to talk to. So no pressure to change my life or anyone listening, (laughs) but I just want to like presence that. I think that's really beautiful. uh, Thank you. As an educator and as a practitioner, I just want to let you know that that there's Mm -hmm. this person who's speaking so powerfully to what you've done for them. I love I love being a life changer, mm. I, I, both for myself and with other people. So, mm. Mm. thank you. That's a, that's a nice pebble to start with. Mm. I like this phrase to be a life changer. Can you can you tell mm-hmm. me a bit more about how you're relating to that identity or that that sort of way of being? I think it's been part of me 
from the very beginning, I've always seen things kind of like Shannon and all her catalysts. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of a catalyst in training. Um, <laughs> I've, I've always, I, I've always seen things that could be different mm. and, and, and said, why, why, not, why can't we do that? Or what about that? And, and so the changing of the life is with both imagination and action. And, and people do that. They do that for each other. They do that for teams. They do that for organizations, for communities, the planet, whatever. And so I've always been kind of in that group of tribal people who are saying, you know, we could do something different here. How could, how could mm. we do this? So mm. that's, that's been, you know, if I pull the thread, as you say, you know, on my life, I've always said, why can't we do something else? I mean, I think actually I'll, I'll say it began when I was part of Up With People when I was 15. It, and, and I'm at dating myself. This was a group of people who sang all over the world. We literally, you know, sang and gave a message of hope and change mm. in, in, mm. The early, in the early 60s, whether it be on flatbed trucks in Harlem or, you know, down in Macon, Georgia or in Italy. Um, and so that that was really ruined me for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I when I hear you say it ruined you for life, what I hear you say is it ruined you for the sort of constraints and yeah. um, sort of conventions of a society that isn't always up for people. That is yeah. maybe up for the bottom line or for consumption or extraction or conformity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does not sound like a choice that a lot of 15 year olds would make, but it also, there's something about being 15 that maybe freed you to make that choice. Maybe you could talk a bit more about that. I think, I think that early time is, and actually it's like the research is like your identity or whatever, you know, you want to call it gets shaped very early and all the risk taking stuff gets, gets, that's what gets built in early it's like uh, everybody now wants innovation in their organization and they want to bring it to people who have been you know kind of constrained for a number of years by education or society or whatever and and i think i think that's that's a spark that is very much that i'm very aware of now as i'm kind of in my i'm kind of practicing eldering and and kind of cross generationally mm-hmm. And and I want to be, I want to help the the 15-year-old spirits say, you know, the Greta Thornburgs and whoever is, you know, standing up, not knowing all the things that face them and saying, keep going. I, mm. I, had, a conver- mm. I had a conversation this morning with a young woman who's just, you know, graduated with her degree and kind of not sure that she can do what she wants to do. And it's like, so I... I I, I I do that with I call it wayfinding, you know, or mm-hmm. or it doesn't in elderment or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, to give mm-hmm. that fifteen year old spark in all of us, and and I think I, I actually think Andy, as you ask that, what comes up for me is that's the resilient part in all of us that says we can do something, mm-hmm. um, that that there's something, you know, it's everyone wants purpose and all this kind of. It's 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 in everybody, and and we just have to kind of like like curling. We have to sweep in front of the momentum, and and let let the let the stone let the person go. We were talking about your children. It's like let sweep in front of them and let them go where they go. So, mm-hmm. I think that that whole part of you know, I I was lucky. I I, I had some some good broom keepers who swept in front of me. <laughs> And and it was it was a time when when there were a, there was a lot of territory, you know. You could still hitchhike around the world. Mm. <laughs> you could still, mm. you could, you know. I hitchhiked in India, you know, something I would never do again. But mm. you know, it's like the world really was open, and and I think it's it's restoring that sense of wonder and possibility. We don't have to restore it. It's already there. Mm. It's like just mm. remembering, you know. Mm. So it's it's when you you ask people about their purpose. I said, tell me, tell me what has always mattered to you, or, or, or what has you know what gives you goosebumps? What always gave you goosebumps? And then we kind of 
you know, work from that. So I think that the early, the earliness is, that's why we have babies because we get a fresh, a fresh crop of earliness all the time. (laughs) (laughs) What has always given you goosebumps, Cynthia? It's that it's, it's seen the spark of, of a, a person or a group or a community. It, it, I, I like, I like, I like, you know, a kind of a range or a whole, you know, you know, Cleveland says we're going to be doing something different. I think, I think groups and communities can do that too. Mm. They, they wake up to something that says um, to their own power, their power of choice, their Mm. power Mm. of um, Mm. even small things, even little nano things, you know, it's like, what did you eat today? What choice did you make today? Did you pick up the trash? You know, there was something, what did you do? Small bits of empowerment really have always gotten me very excited. Mm, mm, mm. I'm really uh, enjoying you presencing 15-year-old Cynthia and also you presencing kind of your journey into what you're calling eldering, sort of being Mm -hmm. a a wisdom keeper for future mm-hmm. generations while also at the same time being open to learning from that newness that they bring. Yeah. Yeah. And my question is something like, in a way, I guess she's already here, but if a 15 year old Cynthia were he- here to sit with you right now, and we were at, the three mm-hmm. of us were having a conversation. Is there anything that you want to say to her or that you want her to say mm-hmm. to us right now? Um, as you get in touch with that that part of yourself those years ago i would i i it's it's the it's the modulation of the energy and the focus and and i found you know as i as i've gone through many changes and transitions transformations in my life it 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 doesn't have the same quality of you know spiky energy and have to you know go all night and whatever uh but the the intention stays the same and i think that that is one thing that i would say is i said it to this young woman this morning i said you've got it all in your head you've got to speak now from your heart she's got mm. a 20 she's got a 20 minute interview for this mm. job that she really wants and mm. i said mm. they already know you're smart take it down tell the story and we got down to a story so mm. i would say to the 15 year old i would say tell me a story tell me about a time and when you say what gives me you know goosebumps i would tell you about a time when you know i i met somebody that was doing something and i said i want to work with you mm. or or mm. you know those little those little kind of quick mm. follow follow the energy Mm. Follow the mm. energy, follow your goosebumps, follow, you know, whatever way your body or your mind manifests. Like this woman this morning is like, she wants to be a game changer in New York City. You know, it's a tough, <laughs> she wants to work in public service. She wants, she's applying mm. for this job in the office of the comptroller. It's like, you know, just, mm. you know, but, but she's, she's perfect for it. And, mm. and so it's like, she lights up and I say, pay attention to what lights you up. Mm. Mm. And so, and, and so that's when, that's what I go back to is what's lighting me up, you know, mm. you know, mm. what conversations have really struck, stuck with me or what made me, um, you know, excited or happy. It's basic, basic human stuff. It's not, not secret. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, but there's something like I'm doing work with uh, a new client who from where I sit is really brilliant. Mm -hmm. And, and for some reason, I'm not sure why I don't know her well enough why, but when I, when we get in touch with these kinds of questions, what lights you up, there's, uh, an uncertainty there. There's a little bit of trepidation or fear to go there, which is like maybe buried underneath a bit of ignorance of, of and what I mean by that is just a not knowing, like, I don't know what does light me up. And, and 
my sense is that if I could, could somehow directly communicate with the maybe eight-year-old version of her who's, yeah. who's sophisticated enough to have language, but still not acculturated <laughs> enough to kind of like feel like something, then that eight-year-old could go, this is what lights me up. And I just like wonder, there's, there's sort of a, I feel like her experience is not uncommon that actually yeah. there's some uh, block, a lot of blockages that we accumulate as we age in our society and, and that get in the way of us noticing what lights us up. And I wonder how that, like what you make of that. I think that's very common, Andy. It's like, you know, you talk about burnout or whatever. It's like when people run out of gas and they, mm. they, they just have this depleted, they, they have run out of that sense of awe or light up or whatever, or, or it's gone to sleep because mm. they've been so busy, you know, mm. I mean, this isn't mm. that, you know, life is kind of challenging and depleting, raising mm. children, you know, people who've been, you know, in, in very uh, intense roles. And so I often find it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like when I started working with values, I, I, and it was with physician leaders. And I said, what are your values? And they looked at me like, what? in the world are you asking me? Mm. I have never been mm. asked that question. Mm. You know, it's mm. like, that doesn't, that doesn't come up in grand rounds, you know, it doesn't. Mm. And so I think, I think we, we, we've lost a lot of those places where those conversations were asked, whether they were in organized religious or community places. I have a friend who's making community ovens in Nova Scotia and the, and the community gathers and they find there's a firekeeper and they built this oven they raise money and they 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 bake together mm. and so mm. so it's like you know something where where and and I'm sure the side conversations is you know what's up with you now Duncan and da, da. you know the, that that kind of um caring inquiry it has drifted off. I mean, it, we've been voicemailed and texted and, you know, tell us what you want rather than those delicious questions. Mm. And, and it may cause this, the person you're working with, she l doesn't know where to go. Yeah. And so you may have to give her like breadcrumbs or I've, I've noticed instead of like, tell me about a time. It's like, t take me to, take me to a moment when you felt that mm. Mm. and then, and then say, take me to another moment. So that's mm. like a little breadcrumb trail mm. Mm. and she can, she can start to nourish herself or connect the, the, the shape of that trail. Mm. Mm. And as you, so I'm hearing pretty explicitly, but certainly mm -hmm. implicitly, you have a value around helping people, ask and then create the answer to the question, how could this be different? Mm -hmm. Like there's something that is important to you about activating more people in that space. And yeah. it sounds like part of the way you do that is by helping people get in touch with whatever energy or life force or expression is moving through them that wants to come through them mm -hmm. to help cultivate that. And uh, I wonder, I wonder like what help me make the connection between this is what lights me up and this is how things could be different. Like where did, where did, where did those intersect for you in your work? <laughs> I, I'm just remembering a number of, you know, like we have to close a plant. How should we do this? You know, we want to do this. Well, I go, Oh my God, what is this? You know, it's like, and then get it. And, and like, what, it's like what what's a good death what's a good plant closure what's a, what's a how might we do this how might we get a whole bunch of people you know in old public health terms you know to get vaccinated or how you know how do we get a bunch of people to to care about this issue so so that that kind of connected between the we see it and that's i i work a lot in that gap Andy, I work a lot in that gap to kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's like there's, there's an energetic gap between the vision and the action. Mm. 
And, and, mm. and, you know, in business, it's the knowing doing gap. We know, but we don't do. It's like, we're that, that, that's how to begin to move across and how to, and how to not get upset if it doesn't go the way you thought or you stub your toe or you fall down. It's, you're watching your two year old, you know, get up and walk. It's like they're, they're perfect. They fall down, they get up, they, you know, they, they do a lot of, and we now call it rapid prototyping or whatever we call it to get across the gap. It, we just Which is, it. I love that. That's just like code for uh, falling over a lot and then getting back yeah, up again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it isn't, it, isn't about that you don't fall it's how you get up again and mm-hmm. and so whether it be a person kind of going like your person you talked about about getting in touch with her you know her her goosebump times or a team kind of making better decisions or mm-hmm. or feeling better after their meetings or a whole organization that is in able to not feel so fearful of change uh, in their basic industry. And then, you know, to the planet and the community, it's like, how do we be less, how do we begin to keep going towards what we want to have happen mm-hmm. in our lives on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not every, not every day are we going to, like, you know, grounding the mundane. Did I get, did I get the, the dishes washed today? You know, did everybody get fed? You know, how mm-hmm. are we doing? You know, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. victory. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in touch with the, uh, as you name it that way, I'm in touch with, in my own experience, I, how do I want to say this? If I'm going towards something that I think I should go toward or that I'm supposed to go toward or that necessity demands I go toward, I mean, I have a fair amount of grit and I can push, but at some point, if I fall over in that process, a part of me is just like, I don't want to get up again. I'm like done with this should, but, but something shifts. If the energy, if the quality is like the life force is coming through the goosebump, the two-year-old who just the walking is so exciting that the falling doesn't even phase, right? It's just like yeah. that, that there's something pulling or driving yeah. or, or carrying. And when I'm in touch with that energy, the, the falls, even if there are a bunch of them don't seem to have the same impact. There's something that like gets right. me right back up on my feet again. And, and that feels really important as we navigate these, all these social ecological um ambiguities political ambiguities that we're in right now well and and what you're saying it's funny andy because it's like people you know they want to be more resilient we are already resilient Mm. you know it's Mm. like we have Mm. totally forgotten Mm. you know if you look at the two-year-old or you know my kid had accident it's like what happens it's like you know it's like how we already are packed for that Mm. and we've been forgetful Mm. because we've we've forgotten what makes what are the chunks of doing that and and that's the other thing i live in the gap of kind of okay so first of all what's the story of it because giving a story to it says you are not crazy it really is happening we mm. want something different it is not that way now you are mm. not insane that's the storying and then the where are the chunks of action and 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 that's been my curiosity, you know, as you say, all my life is like, who does well and what do they do? Mm. <laughs> and how, mm. and mm. how can we learn more? And how can we, I like to kind of decode that. And I, I, I get a lot of joy from making complex things simple so mm. people can remember mm. them. And, and it also, that's why I like, it, you know, like the, the books or the tools or the programs, it's like, so it's memorable. I, I got a call from a guy in Australia. He said he uses my values cards in his MBA program. And it's like, that's that's cool. a, how, how many years ago? He says 20 years ago. And I never forgot them. I go, whoa, that, that was like so exciting to me. And now, you know, he wants to do something in Australia. It's like, I never know, as you said, when we started this, where this stuff is going to land. But I think it's the making it simple within the story and and making it human so that so that you're not lost you're mm. not stupid and crazy mm. most people mm. are afraid they're going to be crazy 
and they're going to fall mm. apart mm. and they will never stop crying. I think that's one thing <laughs> an early therapist is like, I said, it will stop, you know, but we don't know when, you know, I mean, most people, it's like the bottle. Most kids do not take their bottle to college. You know, people are obsessed <laughs> with when their kid is going to, it will stop and then someone mm. else will replace it. So, you know, the tears mm. or whatever the manifestation of it now will be replaced by something. And and giving people enough space to not, that you mentioned the should kind of thing. Of I should, you know, people say, how long should I grieve? Well, so how much did you lose? You know, mm. there is no grief. Okay, so talked about resiliency and adaptability. Zoom just crashed. <laughs> Never seen that happen before totally shut off. You were sort of, what I heard you say was mid-sentence around this invitation, one for people to have a story, like what's the story between where we are and where we'd like to be so that we see that we're not crazy, that there is actually a possibility that's not here yet. And then also uh, we were working with the permission to humanize this, that of course this stuff is scary. Of course, Of course, we feel loss and grief. Of course, it's not as easy as imagining something cool and then having it. It's going to require of us to, to be human and to feel the emotions. And, and then right around that moment, Zoom went boop. And then I was feeling the emotion of like, what's happening? And, uh, and so here we are now back together again. I, I think that's great, Andy. I think that's I, it's like it's like at the airport when you you know you get on the moving sidewalk and all of a sudden it is ending. You must you must walk <laughs> you again. Must get... <laughs> you must. It will stop. I mean, I wish we had that in our life, you know. Mm. But we're all on those moving sidewalks, and I think mm. you. I think where we're, where we are is talking about that the story gives some kind of hope, and the the transition is the is the keeping going, you know, mm. sometimes you do have to pick up your bags again. Sometimes you, 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 you know, it isn't easy. And I think the biggest misnomer in change is those models that, you know, have at the bottom, the, the neutral zone, or it's like nothing or the valley of despair or whatever. It's like, I've really found that that's when things are bubbling. It's not, it's the time of a lot of Kleenex or a lot of laying on the couch or whatever you do to kind of feel bad. But my, my experience is that go there, Mm. just go there, Mm. drop into Mm. it, Mm. deal with the loss, you know, because the more you avoid it, the more you, you know, you pedal and backpedal and it's happening anyway. So in some ways, the, the embracing of a lot of my students at Presidio Graduate School were really into sustainability. I mean, I spent 10 years with 1,200 of those people, and they are in a lot of grief right now mm. about mm. everything. Mm. And so having places where they can come and talk about their grief allows them to, as you said, they're not crazy. They're, they're, you know, they're not alone, mm. and everybody's feeling it. And and so, to create places that help people manage through that gap of where we are now and where we'd like to go, and it's not neutral. Mm. <laughs> it, mm. it is bumpy. Actually, I I went and got out. I, I worked on a book called Navigating the Badlands, and we wrote it in two thousand and two. Mm. And it has this pull-out picture of a very bumpy landscape. And I haven't opened it in a while, and I open it up, and you know, it says "flash forward." It's now 2020, and I'm going, "Oh!" And it says, <laughs> "You are one of the lucky ones, one of the prosperous few who have successfully weathered the single most challenging upheaval of the past thousand years." <laughs> it's like, "Oh dear, we've got the date wrong. It's not all better." <laughs> and, mm. and so I think it's mm. that stretching, and you mm. talked about the 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 continuous stretching across you know we thought we would be here but no we're not quite but look at what did happen and now we have to stretch again Mm. and so can we all as persons groups communities the world kind of imagine something different than than what is happening now and it's hard it's hard to be it's it's really hard to be in holding both of those things yeah. At the same time, 
that's where the elasticity, Andy. That's mm. the uh, I can be very upset and very hopeful, and mm. and acknowledge mm. both of those things in in some ways in the same breath, in the same day, in the same conversation. You know, it's going to go like an accordion. Mm. <laughs> I, I use the mm. accordion; it's going to squeeze and come out again. Mm. So that that flexibility, playing your own accordion. Mm. I've uh, had the good fortune of studying a, a leadership framework called adaptive leadership. And, and one of the ideas in there is a reframe around the, the cliche that people resist change. And I feel like you're speaking to the reframe and the reframe is that people don't resist change. Sometimes we should, like if I said, Hey, you just won a million dollars. People are like, give it to me. But there's a lot of research that shows that winning yeah. the lottery can actually really totally torpedo really your life. life. Anyways, we, we assume as long as we don't have anything to lose, change is actually often greeted with open arms. But so what people really resist is loss. That if we are afraid of losing something consciously or unconsciously, that's when the um, what we might refer to as quote unquote, like change resistant behavior starts to come up. And what I hear you saying that I think mm -hmm. is pretty radical and beautiful is to say, no, like, yep, yep, people resist loss, but if we can actually invite them into that valley of despair and just be, to be there. To grieve together. If yeah. you have to close a plant, we painted one whole wall outside the cafeteria in this, this plant that had done nothing wrong, you know, but it's just like, you know, circumstances where all that was going offshore they graffitied on that wall mm. about if they traced their hands, you know, mm. it's like, but, mm. but it was like a giant Vietnam veterans wall of grief because one of the things is we didn't want them to stay immobilized. Grief is normal and a part of being mm. resilient. And, and, and if you don't have grief, you you can't find that next spring of exploration and mm. idea. You have to kind of drain out and say, and helping people do that faster, whether it be around large issues or, you know, we were talking about a plant closure or shutting down this or saying goodbye to this project. Every Everything needs a little bit of mm. ending. And they need a good goodbye. Uh, the good goodbye is like, look what we did, and it's mm. over. Mm. You know, so so that, that's a small acknowledgement. But oftentimes, teams just stop their work and go to the next thing, and they never, they didn't have a little teeny ritual. And I use that word as a, a space or a moment of observation, uh, where where a, a team can say, you know. I have a friend who's an engineer and they just took her project away. I said, did you, did you say a good mm. goodbye to your project? You know, they said, this project is discontinued. It's like, don't leave people kind of just with that announcement, but help them say, what did we learn? Who did we discover? What did we discover with each other? And what are we taking forward? It, it can be very small. It doesn't have to be filled with hats, cups, and t-shirts kind of mm. thing. It, it just, it can just, mm. you know, it's like, it's like with your family, it's like, you know, oh, this didn't go so well, or we're done with, you know, mm. this phase, mm. what's next? I mean, even just here's a really <laughs> simple, gentle example of that. Um, my, I, I, <laughs> I, you could argue I made the mistake as a dad of, of about a year ago when my daughter was having a hard time sleeping, kind of laying down next to her and helping her fall asleep. Oh, <laughs> which then became a uh, sort of ritual, a habit, a pattern. And, and part of me was like, oh, mm -hmm. like sweet mm -hmm. Christmas, like, can you just go to bed on your own so I can have an hour to hang out with with my partner and watch a show or something, you know, like, but another part of me is like, this is really yeah. sweet to like, just have this little moment of intimacy with her and help her go, go kind of go into dream time. And, and just, just mm -hmm. two nights ago, she said, no, dad, don't come in with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and I felt the sadness of that. 
Yeah. Now we're in, tra- we're in transition. It hasn't been like a full, like she's done with it. And th- then I ended up sort of sitting in the room with her. And then last night I did the same thing. And then she came out and wanted me back in the bed. And so she's working the edge right now, but it's, yeah, it's helping exactly. me get in touch with the fact that at some point she will just go into her bed and go to sleep. And I will, a part of me will mm-hmm. celebrate that. But uh, on the, on the, on the other side, there's, I've got to give the part of me that has actually found solace in this ritual time to say goodbye to the the daughter who needed that for me so that I can then be the dad that that she needs now. Yeah. And, and that, that, that happens, that's the accordion. It happens over and Mm. over again. And, and knowing when it's happening, say, Oh, that's Mm. what's going Mm. on. You know, whether it be in parenting or with your work or the other thing I want to pick up on, you said, you know, why people resist resist change whatever i call it resisting because they don't resist they mm-hmm. resisting they i use mm-hmm. that ing and i learned that from you know working with people with cancer because when you're told you have cancer it's like <sighs> you know you have it mm-hmm. forever but if you say you're mm-hmm. cancering mm-hmm. then then it then it gives an opportunity to say there could be another time when you will not mm-hmm. be cancering and you there was a time in your life when mm. you were not cancering. Mm. So resisting, I I use the ING for mm. a lot of that mm. stuff um, because it gives people a way. And you could be, you know, grumpy at nine and by three, you're fine. But then at two in the afternoon, you know, two in the morning, you've got it again. And so it goes back, giving people that language of fluidity to be where they are mm. when they're there. And, and the, um, the other thing is people resist resisting, they get resisting because they have too many changes going on. And even happy things when people get a new house, I got a new cool iPad, but I like, (laughs) I have to learn all the new stuff and it's swipe this and do that. And it's like, I'm happy about it, but it has disrupted my patterns. And, and we are deeply people we are humans are habituated to their patterns because it gives us extra mind, extra place in our mind mm. to think and make up mm. new fun things. Mm. So we like having our mm. little rituals of stuff because then mm. we don't have to think. Mm. And so when that gets disrupted, even if it's a happy time, give yourself some, you know, I, I'm going to be, I told my husband, I'm going to be grumpy. I have a new computer. I was like, ah, you know, I can't find anything. Uh, and I'm happy and I'm grumpy <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's something really beautiful about the both end that you're sharing right now. And I had a kind of, uh, mm-hmm. so here's, here's a, question i'm not quite sure i have my hands around it like that you're expressing a really beautiful way of being a really beautiful way of being human that that we know all like every human is capable of this holding complexity we sort of can see that in many different contexts so i'm like a believer in what you're describing and Mm -hmm. um there's something about our our dominant culture, like you, even you, even talking about death and grief and relationship to mm-hmm. organizations feels uh, quite mm-hmm. counterculture, feels quite radical. It feels quite provocative, even though like for me, for where I mm-hmm. sit, I'm like, yes, yes. And I think the reason it feels quite, one of the reasons it might feel quite provocative is because I'm in touch with uh, a part of me and I think uh, our society that holds this story that we're like entitled to all of this stuff that like, mm. just even you and I having this zoom call, we've already had two technical mm-hmm. hiccups, right? Like we could, <laughs> we could, it's miraculous. If, if suddenly the internet stopped, the only way you and I could continue this conversation is if one of us was willing to travel across the country or maybe we meet in the middle. Right. And, and right. so, so like there's a kind of miracle in the conversation we're having and also a potential risk that if something goes wrong, we can't have it anymore. And uh, there's, so, mm-hmm. so there's something a- around which our society does not seem from where I sit to be very aware of that. There's a kind of a, 
oh, of course we get the next new thing. And of course we get this. And of course we wake up the next day and have breakfast. And of course, of course, of course, mm-hmm. except we see more and more these, these entitled, these quote unquote entitlements are, are evaporating. They're falling down. There's breakdown, there's loss. And I wonder like mm-hmm. if, if that resonates with you, my observation and how you, how you make sense of that, how you work with loss when people have been blindsided by it and living inside of a story that tells them that, that like this can just go on forever. I think where I, I started out working in medical settings, you know, I would, I was the psychologist who would go in after the person is laying in the bed after the heart attack with all the Mm. tubes coming Mm. out their nose. And it's like, they, I say, how are you? Is Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I said, you don't look so fine. (laughs) This doesn't look like, you know, this is not the golf course, you know? So it's like, it's like being in places where you, you get to confront the truth of something or, or the, or the, 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 it has changed. Something has changed. So it's like in those cases, you've got a, a raw emergent, thing like how am i going to live my life can i go back to work what's going to happen to my family those are the things that come real quickly will i ever walk again you know those kind of things in in a work setting it's the same kinds of things it's it's not dire to the physical but those people losing their pattern of work all their friendships the certainty and and the peacefulness of where do you park in the parking lot and what what is the cafeteria serving today or you know very simple things turn turns people you know has that same effect in the workplace when you when you let everybody go feral into the universe and not come into the office you've changed the certainty you know how you know technology you've changed the relationships and just like, you know, can we, how, how do we be friends if we don't sit at lunch or, you know, all these things we're making up new. So that I think comes, I I understand it's why people are extra grumpy now (laughs) um, for all kinds of things, whether it be, masks or you know whatever they are massively i just came from the airport massive grumpiness is still raining um because it's it's the people are taking back teeny tiny pieces of control that they that they they can at least Mm. say no to that Mm. you know they can't say no to everything else they can't make the rainforest come back that you know they're feeling so out of control of it but they can say Mm. no to this and they can demand two pieces of cheese on their cheeseburger. And, you know, it's like the, the level of, mm. you know, s- stuff has become, it's, it's a manifestation of that bigger mm. sense of loss of mm. control. So, so I say to people, it's like, what can you control? What can you do something about? Usually it's what, what you do with your body or eat with your mouth or, you know, walk around the block or, small pieces of re-establishing pattern, coherence, mm. um, ritual, you know. I think that the thing I'm so, sort of so people uh, wrestling with as, I, as we play mm-hmm. in this space of loss and, and mm-hmm. coherence and sort of empowerment and acceptance, right? Like we're, we're really working this, this beautiful potent edge and the thing that's being activated in me right now is the, is the edge around, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to shame the person who has a breakdown at the airport and demands whatever it is they're demanding. Although that can be hard to watch and really mm-hmm. hard on the person who has to stay in role it's and manage weird. that. But boy, I sure would like yes. to live in a world where, where, someone who's having that emotional experience realizes and can, can own that taking that out on the, the, the sort of flight attendant or the right. Like to go like, ah, Oh yes, of course I'm upset. Not because I didn't get enough cheese on my cheeseburger, but because Jesus, like 
things are crazy right now. I'm sorry I yelled at you. Like, let me go get in touch with what actually I'm sad about and what actually I can control rather than sort of uh, dropping into this energy of like anger and, and uh, projection. Like I'm going to take my fear and I'm going to throw it at somebody else because it's too hard for me to hold. How is How do you take that up? You've, you, you've, you've talked, I mean, Andy, it's, it's exactly the Aikido move underneath anger is mm-hmm. always loss. So when you're, when you're, if you're flight attendant, like, I'm, I'm really sorry we ran out of mm. the sandwich. You know, this happened this week that the, the sandwich was the, that I want, you know, was not available. It got used up the row before us that the skillfulness of that person to say, I'm really mm. sorry. Because and that would it also gets people it, it, like your client who's trying to figure out you know what they feel. It's like like your kid; they don't know that that's they're feeling loss. I'm sorry, you know this is really hard. The apology. We we were on the I was on the ground for three hours in Pittsburgh, and the skillfulness of the pilots and i think it's because united has actually trained them how to be skillful communicators in talking us through something they could not control resetting our expectations you know giving we 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 are all needing to learn more about that especially in you know as managers, there is no more career ladder. <laughs> it's like we can't come back. What happened to this? The it's it's giving us a place to really become more emotionally literate, but it's risky to kind of have a we used to teach how to apologize in my business school. <laughs> that was not how to talk. Everybody wants to know how to talk, how to present, but it's like nobody wants to learn how to listen and how to apologize. Mm-hmm. So we used to use three minute egg timers where you had to listen for three yes. minutes. That's how we use we used to train our physicians that way. They had to listen to the client, the patient for three minutes without interrupting. Because the the data shows that by by listening all the way through, you'll get from the minor complaint to the real creepy stuff you really came in mm. and wanted to talk about. Mm. And if you cut it off early and treat it, you have a malpractice mm. situation mm. sitting there. So, you know, the listening, the three-minute mm. listen, it, whether it be the upset cheeseburger person. Still, are, you, yeah, are we still, still there? Here, yeah. Okay, good. Whether it's the upset cheeseburger person or the person who can't get their, you know, their sandwich on the plane. This is really hard. You know, I am, I am sorry. Mm. You know, it's like we say, I am, I am, thank, thank you for your service. It's the, uh, the flip side of, I am sorry mm. for your loss. Mm. Mm. You know, this is, this is really hard. It's, you know, I get that you can't get to your daughter's wedding. Mm. So, so I think it's giving us a lot of way of, I mean, this whole thing of griefing and, and griefing, grieving in a way that, that we can do it more quickly saying, I'm really upset. I wish I had this. I can't get on a plane, da, 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 Mm. you know, Mm. being Mm. able to, to run that accordion Mm. at at high speed. That's the skillfulness you're speaking to is. That's the skillful note. And we and we get we can learn that stuff. We are learning that stuff. I work with, you know, spousal abuse prevention programs. We can learn not to hit. Yeah. You know, but we have to learn when we're upset. And and we have to have more words than uh, I feel fine and I feel pow. So that's that that you know, giving people a stretch in the in that gap. That we can do this stuff. I, that's that's I guess Andy. That's the excitement I have. Is I see I see us learning and growing a uh, whole bunch during this, it, and 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 you know it's like whether it's people who've been taking care of the vineyard offsite with people in a vineyard, you know it's like just sitting them next to each other in a circle, turning them. To, I say take ten minutes and turn to the person next to you and say how are you. And, and actually answer the question. You know, how in, are you? And and give them plenty of time. In three minutes, we had 
you know, people are crying. They, they, they need a place to say how awful and hard this has been. And if you don't do that first, all the happy, you know, empowerment, engagement, innovation, that stuff doesn't stick at all. So I always go, you know, where's the loss been? So we go backwards mm. to go forwards. Because mm. mm. if we can't go to what disrupted us and where we, you know, you know, so it's like, tell me, tell me how you are. Okay, so I think we are back here for the home stretch. Cynthia and I have been having the funnest conversation, which has also been modeling in real time the complexities uh, that can come when you say you want something to happen and it doesn't quite go the way you thought. Uh, my our most recent <laughs> lovely disruption was my sweet daughter coming to ask for a snack. Uh, so I got that sorted. She has a snack now, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, she's happy, which is good. And we are here back for another 10 minutes or so. And the the thing that I'm in touch with as we settle back in for the last stretch of this conversation is you've spoken so beautifully to kind of this metaphor of the accordion and the ways in which, to the extent that all of us can become more conscious, skillful accordion players who can both both play <laughs> with the loss and grief, but also expand into the beauty and possibility uh, that that we, we need that capacity. I hear you speaking to that capacity. And mm -hmm. part of that, mm -hmm. like the way we play the accordion tight is by slowing down and listening to the losses and acknowledging them. By giving, for instance, yeah. people yeah. 10 minutes to actually answer the question, how are you? As opposed to saying, I'm good. Right, <laughs> right? to actually answer the question is, is that it can be as simple as that. Um, but I'm curious yeah. then like, maybe in our last 10 minutes, we can explore what happens then once we've played that note to the, to the, to the length and duration that it needs to be played. And we start to expand the accordion again, mm -hmm. what becomes, what's possible in a world, like what becomes possible in that plant example where the wall is painted and the hand marks are left. Yeah. And, the, and to the extent that you can call anything complete, the grieving is complete. What new possibilities start to emerge in, in those moments where we expand the accordion? The people who did best in in that situation, they 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 got through their denying that it wasn't mm. going to happen, and that it mm. did happen. Mm. And they 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 were the ones that made the most use of the. We had a bunch of state funds or all kinds of things for retraining. They they went and tried new things, even at midlife. They they you know they thought. They could never do this, and they did. And they and they began to experiment. They began to confront their own fears of failure or being stupid, or you know. But they they started they started a very healthy exploration of what else is there to do. And so they they got the benefit. I mean, it was like kind of like you know there was three months of retraining money, and they. They were ready. They moved ahead. Or it doesn't mean that there has to be a program for you. You, you go out and scour up what else is out there. You ask your friends. It's kind of the messy time um, it, when people actually go through a divorce and they feel like they will never love again. They will, and then they want to date everyone, you know. And they, <laughs> and it's kind of like that. It's like that. <laughs> it's I, I the shift is interesting and and what we what, kind of helping people say there will be a shift what mm. is it in you mm. you know how do you know when you shift what is your sign when you are ready to the grief is finished because people have this kind of some people you know very physical they say i could eat again or i stop eating everything mm. or i can sleep mm. through the night mm. or i don't sleep all the time. One one person said, I, I've stopped crying when I pulled into the parking structure. Mm. I said, that's a good mm. thing. That That's mm. one of those, you know, and if you know, it's like your own music. If you know when your accordion is ready to inhale again. And it's, it's very different signs, different people, you know, they stop grinding their teeth. It's usually very physical. Yeah. And if they can translate it into, oh, 
I now, you know, they, I feel better. What feels better? Oh, that, that pit in my stomach is not there. So helping people say, oh, what is, where's the shift happening? And, and when you, and you don't do that with individuals, you do that with, you know, 300 people in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. because if they can all tell their story, then everybody sees that they're mm-hmm. not crazy. I mean, I've done this with people who had to give up a big product that they spent mm. their careers mm. on. Mm. And so I, 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 it's like how to quickly get into the loss and misery. And people are very afraid that they'll do it on one-offs, one-on-one. And then the managers and leaders get exhausted. Do it with 300 people, put them at round tables, mm. have them say how awful it has been. The big, I had to do this with IRS agents one time. And, and, but I but I don't do I don't go in as the external person. I go in with mm. the leader, and the leader has mm. to be there because the leader is the one that has to tell the story of this is what's happening. And and then people people are are good when when they're with other people. They can mm. help each other. Mm. That's uh, the social mm. support stuff is so so amazing. We know so much about you know. We used to, I used to run a social support group at Kaiser for arthritics. The complaints were terrible, but at least, you know, there were 25 people who could tell each other. The biggest outcome of that was the people who had to bring these complaining in pain people got support mm. in the break room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they had they, they had the caregivers thing going on and so so you know i i think we we need that campfire we need that place to come in and say the hunt was bad you know da, 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 you know i think we've i think i'm i'm really excited and interested in recampfiring mm-hmm. And, and creating communities, because it was always easy to do it when people were, I'm really focused now on the global creation of these places where people can come and then go back out in their accordion and come yeah. in again. So see, because that, that like kind so of I'm, is I'm, leading to a question I was sort of sitting with, and I'll ask the question, but feel free to answer through the lens of these spaces you're creating. Well, the question is something like, yeah. if you if you could invite uh let's say i don't know all of america or or mm-hmm. all of the planet maybe mm-hmm. that's too big a scope but if you could invite people to gather around some campfires to talk about this stuff like what's the loss that you'd want to give people space right now to name and work with what are what's some of that i i, I wouldn't even th- their words for it is mm. what matters mm. I think I think that people have to talk about it in whatever way, and I'm I'm really working now on the creating of these relational spaces to 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 both come and having circles of conversations. There's a lot of people doing that, but I'm trying to do it mm-hmm. online so that people. I'm part of two or three of these global community, global accordions. Nice. I would nice. call it one. One is on regenerative leadership, and there's 300 mm-hmm. of us, you know, coming in to have conversations, and then we go out into our small groups and we talk for an hour, you know, in trios, and we come back and we harvest. Our technology is getting, it's not the, the, the physical, it's our social emotional technology is getting better on how to, how to run these. Kind of like how you and I did presencing before yeah. we began. You start with those kind of things to bring people together. I'm in a, tr- a trio with a woman in Hawaii and a man mm. in Jerusalem, and we meet every week. And we have done this now for two and a half months. And we talk about our lives and we talk about the work we're doing and, you know, how our accordion is playing. Mm. <laughs> and so I, I'm doing more of those kinds of gatherings. I, I, I've left the university. This is the, you know, it's like university used to have that, but there's no more ivy, wall, mm. ivy walls. Mm. And there's, you know, we got we to gotta do this mm. virtual. And so I'm experimenting with intergenerational kinds of older people, younger people having these campfires and doing them around resilience or, or I don't even know what to call it, but just 
come and tell us how you are and then saying, you know, giving people some some maps, some gentle maps, I, I real sketchy kind of, these are the five things that, these are the chunks of things that people who do well mm. seem to do. Mm. And, and we can kind of kick it, kick each of those around and go out and try some stuff and come back and say, what's, how's it working? So I'm, I'm looking to, to do that more and, and being very active. I've, I'm done writing books because they're, they're too slow. This is like, you know, let's just do it. We need to, we need to go online with each other oh, that's awesome. now <laughs> Maybe. Um, to help each other. Yeah, like, let's come know, on. Let's like it. get to the campfire. We got to It's not really, you know. I know, I know. I used to, I used to carry a bag of sticks and tea lights. And I would set up, I would have in my workshop, I'd have people set up a campfire because it does something to the brain that says there's mm. some safety here, even in some terrible hotel room with no windows. It's like we we made a sacred space or we made a place that mm. we can be. Mm. And then and then we pack it up again. It goes in a little bag, or or people can bring in their own pine cones mm. or whatever. But you know, I, I say, what what log do you want to lay on the fire now? You know, so that's what I'm playing Thanks, with. Cynthia, it's so fun to play <laughs> with you in this. And maybe just to, as we come here into our last two or three minutes, you've alluded to what mm-hmm. are the things that people who do well do, and I feel like we've probably been talking about a number of them. But maybe just so just to sort of summarize, yeah. if you were to give people that sketchy map right now and a word or two for yep. each of the things, what what's on the map that you want to name so people can kind of keep digging if they want to keep digging. Yeah. And this comes from research. This is a, this, and this is like, you know, that we know some Mm. things about prisoner of war Mm. camp survivors, Mm. you know, people who've been through real Mm. tough things. This Mm. is what they do. And this is the, this is my map, if you will. They, they, and we talked earlier about this. They, they make sense. They make a Mm -hmm. story. They, they have a way to say, why am I in this? You know what? What is the meaning of this in this time mm. of my life? They they connect, they make coherence. Mm. I, I I use five C's because it's easy. One hand you can remember. They make mm. coherence. They say, "What time is it mm. for you now?" Mm. The second thing they do is we talked about this is the control stuff. They start to do little bitty things that they can do mm. something about. Mm. And they and they 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 focus on things that they can not feeling helpless and I can't, but like the people that I I'm going to start taking a course or I'm going to you know, I'm going to do this I'm going to talk to somebody small I'm going to walk around I feel trapped I'm going to walk around the block you know small things control not control of others but self control self efficacy all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. The third thing, and this is kind of come, this is the newest research of, we now know that the body, we can self-regulate ourselves, we can breathe, we can do all these techniques that, whether it be praying or running, people have used this all through our human life. We need to have a way to center ourselves, whether it's singing or dancing or praying or meditating or thinking good thoughts or, Mm. you know, dancing. It's like we need to have those nano practices and we need to do them because the threats that come bouncing at us, we get on the, 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 the go to the airport. I need to calm myself down because somebody is going off farther up the line. So I need, I need those little quick practices. So that's centered capacity. And I don't care how you do it, but you, we, these, these things you've got to have packed in now. The fourth one is how do you deal with challenge and how do you stretch yourself? How do you navigate? How do you say, I see a path through here. How do I, change how do i try some new stuff and you know not feel bad that it didn't work out so that challenging and the last one we just talked about was the connection how do i generate a community of emotionally supportive relationships Mm -hmm. 
And the key word is emotionally. People talk about their dogs and everything, but they emotional, emotional literacy. And we can do it online. We now know with Zoom, we have the capacity to be in these connected conversations. And in some ways, it's better because we don't have to get on a plane. We can talk to our grandchildren. We can we can talk to our old school friends. Mm. So so those are the things that people do. They do coherence, control, centered capacity, challenge, mm. and connection. Mm. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. That's it. Uh, that <laughs> sort of map or framework for thinking about how to navigate these these uncertain times filled with loss. If people want to find out more about your work in particular, where where should they check out? Um, my website is ChangeWorks Lab because I'm a laboratory of yeah, figuring this stuff yeah. out. It's my website. Um, and I, I'm in San Francisco. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in what, what you're doing and how you're mm. navigating. Mm. And if you or the 15-year-old you wanted to say anything else to bring this conversation to completion today, is there anything else in your heart or mind that you want to speak Mm. to before we wrap up? Mm. I would say that um, that the aliveness is in the Mm. journey. It's it's not in the destiny. It's not in getting there. It's like that's why I use ing elderine. You know, being an elder. I don't aspire to being a teenager or you know those kind of things were made up. Mm-hmm. I I you know the the living is the ing mm-hmm. and being whatever whatever you're doing is is this is what mm-hmm. you got. Mm, mm. well cynthia thank you for the gift of your presence and uh here's to all of us uh, living more of our lives in the in the ing space uh yeah that's that's (laughs) parenting and yeah i need more of that more of that ing (laughs) energy here okay well thanks thank you cynthia thank you very much andy thank you finds you you need it thanks for tuning into the wonder dome This podcast was produced by me, Andy Cahill, with support from Kelly Serqua, and audio editing services from John Nolan at Middle Mountain Studios. The theme song was written and performed by Todd Marston. You can find the Wonder Dome wherever pods are casted. If you dig what we're doing here, please share widely, subscribe, and give us some love in the review boards. And if you feel called to support this humble offering to the world, while also making an even greater impact in the lives of others. Consider becoming a monthly supporter. Not only will you help me keep the lights on and keep the show going for as long as I'm able, but 30% of all member contributions go directly in support of causes like the Black Lives Matter movement, the United Nations Refugee Agency, and the National Resources Defense Council. You can find out more at my website, mindfulcreative.coach, where you can also sign up for my newsletter, learn about my transformational coaching work, and get plugged into exclusive offers and community happenings. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a life of purpose, power, and presence. We need you now, more than ever.